Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Compass. I'm so glad that you joined us today on Father's Day. And uh, dads, I hope that you had a great uh, breakfast in bed this morning. And if dads didn't get a breakfast in bed this morning, uh, kids, I'm looking at you. Okay. Make it right. Maybe, maybe lunch in bed. Okay. Dad, go to bed after this and maybe kids will bring, bring you a hamburger or hot dog in lunch. But happy Father's Day, dads. We love you. We think that you are the best. There's this thing that happens in TV all the time. TV shows, this is just, this happens constantly in TV shows, and it drives me crazy when it does. But the situation looks like this. Uh, You'll have a couple, right? And uh, maybe the girl will be out driving around town, and she'll see her boyfriend, you know, walking towards a restaurant. And it'll be weird, because she didn't know he was going to be going to that restaurant today, and so she kind of follows him, and, and she sees him going in, and she sees this this woman run out of the restaurant and she's young and beautiful and attractive and she throws her arms around him and gives him a big hug and he kisses her on the cheek and the girlfriend is like, wait a minute, what is happening here? This is not right. And then she stays a little bit longer and she sees them sit outside and they're eating lunch and they're laughing and they're talking and they're just having a great old time and it's a story as old as time. She knows that her boyfriend must be cheating on her. So what does she do on TV? nothing. She just gets mad and she keeps her mouth shut. And so the next time she sees him, he comes up and he's like, hey, how you doing, babe? And she's like, eh, why don't you ask somebody else that? And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, if you don't know, then you don't know. And then she leaves. And this happens on TV all the time. And this is, this is what it is. It's a conflict at which the people involved in the conflict never talk to each other about the situation. They never communicate. I can't tell you how many times Terry and I are watching a TV show we're like, that we like, and it's just like, just talk. Just say something. You can work through this super easily because really, what really happened is this, is it's his cousin. Like it's his long lost cousin that she never met and she was in town for a visit and so he stopped by to see her and his cousin gave him a hug. But like because they don't talk about it, it creates this conflict and this conflict goes on for episode after episode and it drags out and they're fighting and their relationship is in jeopardy. And what happens on TV shows is that there's some sort of situation that forces them together, right? So like maybe they'll get trapped in a supply closet overnight on accident. And so as a result of that, they have to talk about their feelings. And then when they talk about their feelings, they realize like, oh, it's just a misunderstanding. And now I love you even more than I did because we got trapped in the supply closet. And maybe like your genre of TV isn't like a supply closet. Maybe it's a spaceship or, you know, a box at the bottom of the ocean or a jail cell. But whatever plot device your genre requires, you have two people who are separated because they are refusing to communicate with each other. No one is willing to just go first until they're trapped in a situation. Now, I don't know about you, but real life um, doesn't work that way for me. When I've had a conflict with someone that needs to be talked out and no one's really willing to go first to talk about it, I don't think I've ever been like trapped in a hot air balloon with that person, you know, and, and just floated up in the air until we resolved the situation and then everybody ha- had a happy ending. It just didn't, doesn't work that way in real life. Now, we're in a message series called Accused um, because I believe that right now, particularly right now with everything that's going on in our world, but even not right now, I believe that, that when we're in a time when every opposing idea presents itself and it, and it feels like an accusation that I'm wrong, 
that it can, things can begin to feel really personal. And I don't know if you have this experience or not, but like, if you, sometimes on social media, because there's so many differing opinions about what's happening in our culture and in our world right now, someone might post something that, that differs from what you believe. And because they maybe know what you believe, it feels like a personal attack. Let me give you a, a perfect illustration that whatever side of this issue you fall on, you will be able to understand. You might have a friend who's totally up to date on all of the current COVID science. And she finds an article about wearing face masks that she thinks is about the importance of wearing face masks and she, masks, and she thinks it's really important. And so she shares it on social media. Now, you're not a mask person. Um, your friend knows this. She knows this about you. You guys have talked about it. And when you see this post that she has put on her social media feed about the importance of wearing masks, how does that make you feel? I mean, my friend knows where I stand on this. She knows that we disagree on this. And so by posting this, she's judging me. It's easy to feel judged. It's easy to feel accused. It's easy for this to feel personal. And it's very likely that with everything going on in our world, in our world today, that there may have been times when you saw someone's social media post and you felt personally judged, personally attacked, and personally accused. It is very possible that recently or lately that you may have felt accused of, of being racist because of something that you said or even something that you didn't say. Or maybe you have felt accused of being, you know, pro-looting or pro-rioting or anti-police just because of your support of the current protests in support of black lives. I understand this, this feeling really well. So just to be really transparent, okay, as a pastor, I sit in the center of a large group of people with different backgrounds, different experiences, different um, perspectives, different views on scripture, and, and many different ideas on how the church should be. And while I always try to, I always attempt to do what I feel is right by Jesus, I know that there are often going to be people who think that I'm wrong. For example, you know, as a church, we have taken a very cautious and a very conservative approach to COVID-19. And I know that that is tough for a lot of the people of Compass Church. And to be really transparent, just to be totally honest with you, there's times where I feel accused um, when I see posts or comments online that have different opinions on how we should handle this. Now, I'm not telling you that because I want you to feel sympathy for me or anything like that. That's not the reason I'm telling you. I'm telling you that because I want you to know that this is something that all of us deal with, this feeling of being accused. And even if you don't deal with it right now, this is something that you will deal with sometime. And what happens when we're accused? When we're accused, we get defensive. Our fists go up, we're ready to fight. When we get defensive, we stop listening and our relationships begin to disintegrate. Last week, we talked about how the first thing we need to do when we feel accused is we need to evaluate that feeling. We need to evaluate what we're thinking and what we're feeling because the truth is, you might actually be wrong. You might think you are right, but if you just take a second to evaluate yourself and allow God to search your heart, you might realize that, you're off base. But we can do that without fear of judgment. Okay, we can evaluate ourselves and, and, and see if we're, we're wrong in a situation without fear of being judged because Jesus 
What he wants to do in our lives is not judge us. He just wants to correct our course. And so, so taking a moment to evaluate ourselves when we feel accused to say, maybe I'm wrong, is really just an opportunity to say, God, show me where I'm at and show me where you want me to go. Because acknowledging that we're wrong may be the first step toward God seeing us onto a better path. But what about those times when we aren't wrong? Okay, what about those times when I absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am not wrong? What, what, about, what about those times when I know that I'm not racist and that I know that I'm totally up to date on all of the current COVID science and I know I'm, I'm doing things right? What about when someone thinks that I handled something wrong, but I know that I didn't? What about the times when someone is hurt by something that I said, even though there was nothing wrong with what I said? What about those times when the real problem is them and not me? Well, let's take a look at what Jesus had to say about that. We've been hanging out in the series in Matthew chapter 5. And, and this is a section of scripture called the Sermon on the Mount, which is really, I think this is one of the, the biggest sections of teachings in the Gospels and in the New Testament, because Jesus kind of lays out his plan for his whole ministry. He lays out his thought process and how he sees the kingdom of God coming into this world. And he flips expectations on people left and right. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, Jesus talks to us about how do we respond when we're accused, even when we know that we are right, that we're not guilty. And this is what he says. He says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Now, when faced with this question, we would expect any good religious teacher to say this, if you do or say something that hurts somebody else, you need to go and you need to make it right. I mean, that's just obvious. But Jesus doesn't say that. In fact, I think Jesus chooses his words very carefully because Jesus doesn't say when you hurt somebody. Jesus says this, when someone has something against you. And with those words, I think Jesus is actually telling us what the real issue is here for him. And it's this that it's not about whether the person accusing you is right or whether they're wrong. It's about broken and damaged relationships. And here's the thing, like write this down, get a tattoo of this, okay? Paint it on your wall. This is a big deal. It's more important to Jesus that you be reconciled than that you be right. It's more important to Jesus that you be reconciled than right. Jesus cares about our relationships. He cares about how we love others and how we stay connected. And, and broken relationships matter to him. But the problem is that, is that when, we move, when we take a step towards reconciliation, when we know that we aren't wrong, when we are completely right and we know it, the problem is that when we take steps towards reconciliation, it feels like losing. It feels like we're losing something. It feels like we're giving up ground. And, and honestly, like, we're, we're afraid that when we give an inch, that that person might take a mile. And that we're afraid that any move towards reconciliation, any, mood, any move towards that person is going to be taken as an admission of guilt. And I can't, I can't admit 
any guilt when I'm innocent. And so moving towards a person in reconciliation just becomes this thing that we avoid, that we're afraid to do, because that's just what it is. We're afraid of what we might lose. Again, when we're accused, we get defensive, and we put our fists up, we prepare to fight, because we're afraid, because we're being attacked. And fear should never be a factor in, in our relationship calculations. The only factor that should, should really calculate into our relationships is love. And you see, love casts out fear. Love puts people first. Love puts reconciliation over being right. And that means this, that followers of Jesus always go first when it comes to reconciliation. Christians should always be the ones who are taking the first step when it comes to being reconciled with someone else. And it has nothing to do with whether we hurt them or whether we didn't. It has nothing to do with whether we are right or being wrong or, or wrong. What matters is that followers of Jesus are going first. So listen, don't be a TV cliche, okay? Be the first person to address the elephant in the room. Go first when someone is accusing you. Go first when someone else feels hurt and feels wrong. But Chris, I mean, still, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not wrong in this situation. Well, man, I mean, that's, that's awesome. If you're not wrong, that's great because that puts you in the same company as Jesus. And what did Jesus do when he was wrongly accused, even though he was right? He went first. You see, Jesus came to die for our sins when no one was asking him to. Jesus went first to reconcile our relationship to God even though he had nothing to do with what broke that relationship in the first place. So if you're innocent, if you didn't do anything wrong, that's amazing because that's an opportunity for you to be even more like Jesus than you already are. Now, as I wrap up, I want to connect what I'm talking to or talking about to something that is pretty big and is actually happening in our world right now. And I think that this is a particular area where perhaps you are, have felt the sting of accusation from other people. And that is uh, the Black Lives Matter movement that's happening right now. See, at its heart, Black Lives Matter is not a political movement. Okay, now hear me out, because this is about people. And because it's about people, Black Lives Matter is, it's a deep, aching shout for justice from a people who have felt the weight of oppression and injustice towards people who look like them for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's, it is a people who are crying out, I have something against you. I have something against you because of the sins of the past and the sins of the present. And for, for some of us, it may be painful to feel accused of being a part of that injustice and of that oppression. And it may be painful to feel accused of racism because of people who are hurt, who are just crying out that they feel wronged and that they were wronged. And listen, you may honestly be able to say that you have never done or said or justified anything to contribute to any of that 
at all. You may rightfully be able to say that you are not wrong. But followers of Jesus don't move away from those who feel hurt by us, rightfully or wrongfully. We move toward them. We move toward healing and toward reconciliation. We move toward love. We don't defend ourselves. Instead, we lay down our weapons. We lay down our defensiveness. We put down our fists and we seek to make our relationships with people who are hurting right. And the first step to that is what we talked about last week. It's listening and and searching our hearts and saying, okay, Lord, am I wrong? Because I might be. There might have been ways in which I've contributed, contributed to this. But even if you're someone who can honestly look yourself in the mirror and say, I've never done anything to contribute to racial injustice in any way, Jesus calls us to respond the same way, guilty or innocent, and that is this, to move towards the people who feel hurt by us. Now this that's just a big example of what's happening in our world right now that many of us may, may feel accused. But y- your situation might be a lot smaller. You may not need to move toward a movement that's happening in our country that God might be drawing you to. Maybe you need to move toward a person, just a single person in your life who feels hurt. Maybe you didn't hurt them, but it doesn't matter because they feel like you did. They feel something you said, something you didn't say has created distance and separation in your relationship and it is a much smaller, more personal situation. But listen, whatever it is, whenever you feel accused, whether it's, it's a big, massive issue that's affecting the whole world or whether it's a small, very personal thing, be the person who goes first in reconciliation. Be the person who goes first because it doesn't matter if you're guilty or innocent because it's more important to Jesus that you be reconciled than that you be right. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are called to be people who reconcile the world to God. And how can we reconcile the world to God if we are unwilling to lay down our arms, to lay down our defensiveness when we are rightfully or even wrongfully accused and seek to reconcile with the people around us in our homes, our workplaces, in our schools, in our communities, and in our world. So let's go first. Let the people of Compass Church go first in reconciling with others. Let's, let's, in an unqualified way, let's step forward in being reconciled with people first without saying, I want to be reconciled, but I want you to know that I didn't do anything wrong. Or I want to be reconciled with you, but I need you to know that you've done something wrong too. Let's put those things aside and let's be like Jesus and let's step into a relationship that puts all fear aside, that focuses on love, and that makes sure that reconciliation is more important than the fact that we are right. Father, open my heart I pray that you would help me to have the courage, Lord, to step towards people who maybe I feel are accusing me of something that I didn't do or something that that I am not. And I pray, Father, that as you give me that courage, I pray that, that, that you would allow me to see reconciliation in relationships in my life that maybe I didn't even know were damaged. 
I pray that you would tune our antenna to others in love, to be able to be aware of of how the things that we say and the things that we do impact other people. And I pray, Father, that you would allow us to have the heart of Christ, a heart that seeks to put others first in every situation and every scenario. And I pray, God, that every single person who is part of our church and every single person who is watching this today would be known as a person of reconciliation and a person of peace, a person who reflects the love of Jesus in everything that they say and do and in all of their relationships. And I pray all of this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com. 